Good morning, good morning, good morning. Today is Sunday, January 31st. Welcome to another episode of Channeling Amelin. This is a process created by me, for me, Amelin, in a way um, to align with my highest expression of self. So I use imagination, creativity, and visualization. And just do my inner work. I model it. Now, I have a lot of background in psychology and personal development and coaching, mentoring, those kind of things um, have all brought me tools as well as my spiritual kind of journey has brought me tools to help me do this. And so, um, again, the podcast I started for accountability, I just wanted to make sure I was continuously doing my inner work. And sometimes when I show up for others, um, it's a stronger connection than when I show up for myself, when I'm beginning a habit, it's like an accountability thing, right? So I started this doing the podcast and now that I do it because it works, I've noticed my episodes getting further and farther in between, right? Further out, further, farther in between, I don't know that saying. <laughs> I've been doing less and less of them. And um, that has concerned me this past week because I had a very busy week. And during that busyness, um, I realized how just getting stuff done has replaced my self-awareness time. Or it's been transferred to other activities. For instance, um, I do a daily walk with my partner, Sacramento. And while I'm walking and talking with him, a lot of my creativity and expression is um, used in those problem-solving, brainstorming sessions. So I think that that um, has kind of taken the place of these daily inquiries or self-awareness. But it's not the right... Oh, forum for it, right? Because this is about me. I want to do it on my own. Um, yes, I'm recording out, but nobody's actually out there. If if you're listening, it's by chance you found it, right? Um, I'm just trying to do it. Um, so I think that I really do need to re-up um, my commitment to this process. I think I could be comfortable with two a week. Because I've been 10 days between them, and that's too much. But I think two a week is perfect, um, and that is what I will strive for, two a week. Um, yeah. Because even if I just did it on, like, Wednesdays and Saturdays, it would still be midweek processing and end processing. So that would work. So that's where I'm at today. <laughs> it's Sunday. Uh, today I have a lot of shit I gotta do. I gotta work today. Uh, I do enjoy that though. There's one thing that, um, I have to stop and take gratitude for is my life is my own. My life is my own. I am in complete control of what I want to do when I want to do it. And that is a blessing. Um, you know, nobody's screaming at me to do something. It's not on their agenda. Um, I live my life on my agenda. So when, weeks happen where I just piled on a lot of stuff that I need to do, then I'm going to be grateful for them because I'm doing it to invest in my dream, right? I'm not trying to build somebody else's anymore. Um, I'm trying to build our dream. It's not my own anymore. I mean, it is mine, but <laughs> no longer um, 
when somebody else sees your vision, it no longer becomes your own, right? Because now you have two pictures to create um, into one, you know, their vision, your vision, three people and ours right now, soon to be many, many more. Hmm. Oh, I am rambling, always, always rambling, rambling. I had a bunch of financial scares this week that brought up my unfinished business around financials too. Like I really didn't care about money other than a resource to build things. Like I have plenty of money to express myself. The only thing that I'm feel that I'm missing um, finances for in my life right now. Um, well, the house I'm going to, I'm saving the houses ramping up. I'm not worried about that. That money's there. Um, but I wish that I could spoil people more. I do notice that I'm, um, you know, like when you go to the store and you're like, oh, this person really uses this stuff a lot. I'm going to pick up one for them. Or, um, when you go to a restaurant, you want to pick up the tab, you know, like, Hey, let's go to lunch. And then, you know, you don't want to think about money. It's just like, <laughs> it's just taken care of. Let's just all get together. Um, where else? Yeah. For like, I've, I don't think that I've ever felt in want of something. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, like, what do you call it? Stingy, not stingy. I'm, I don't see the value of spending money unless I really want something. Right. So I'm not going to just spend money cause it's there. I'm always like, mm, that's too expensive for what I'll get out of it. <laughs> but then I make stupid mistakes too. Like I just bought this shirt cause I'm in love with Bernie and I'm like, Oh, I want a Bernie shirt so bad. And I bought the shirt. And then when I got it, I was not happy with the quality. Now, discipline me should return that stuff. But I was like, all right, I could work out in it. <laughs> it's just too cartoony to wear it out <laughs> normally. Hmm. All right, so money was on my mind this uh, week. Where do I put it? How do I invest it <laughs> when I lost it? Man, losing money is much more painful than the pleasure of gaining money, I think. Yeah. Like, I, I, I like my accounts going up and up and up. And that's the thing with uh, investing is, you know, when you're working like a salary, forget about it. <laughs> that's all you get. Um, when you have a side hustle, you have your salary. So you're used to the lifestyle, but then you have the extra amount that you can play with, right? Which is how I got all my investing done um, is all the money that I wasn't using, meaning I didn't need to live off of it. It was just like, oh, hey, here's some extra money in your account. I invested all that money, <laughs> all of it. I was like... <laughs> You know, Dave Ramsey has a budget and you have to stick to the budget because the rest is going to pay off your debt. Well, <laughs> I don't have the debt. Um, well, other than student loans, I do have those, but I don't have debt. So I was like, okay, so every single dollar that I'm not spending on survival <laughs> went into investments. And so now I'm I'm highly invested in my investments because I have more to lose. <laughs> and so this week I've been riding that rail of... um emotions and you can't have emotions around money it's a game right so it's just making decisions but I don't know how to play the game yet so I'm just kind of learning and I'm like researching like crazy it's like a whole nother um what do you call it a whole nother career you know like you get into it and you're like man there's a lot to learn here and I wish I could just leave it to the apps but mm, I'm not doing like 
I don't know. I'm investing in particular stocks about the future using um, Peter Diamandis and um, the World Economic Forum as my sources to invest in what's coming. And then I use this chart that's been really, really cool, where it tells me what companies are being offered up, like, you know, at going public, and then what their whales are buying and selling, like the big purchasers buying and selling. And I've been um, using that quite successfully for my little ones that I buy at five cents. They're already going up to the dollars, you know, and that's where I see the majority of my investments going um, is from the little like startup all the way to, okay, it's mainstream, sell it, something else, something else. Like the, I like the startups. Um, I might've been learning about them this summer too. I didn't really know what a startup was or how they functioned. I kind of knew what they were, but I didn't know the internal functionings. Um, yeah, so that's what's on my mind, obviously. Money, 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 money. And we need money to build what we're building. We need money. You, um, I think that when you're building a dream, you have more respect for what money does for you. Because I'm not going to squander my money on a pair of shoes <laughs> when I can, you know, especially an expensive pair of shoes that don't provide any more value than a sturdy pair of shoes, right? A useful utilitarian pair of shoes. Um, because that's taking away from my dream becoming a reality, so, um, yeah. Dang, I didn't realize money was the issue this week. I thought it was something else. No, that was what I freaked out about. And then technology wasn't working for me. And I'm like, I really want to use technology to help all this creation happen. And I struggle with technology so much on the user side. On the understanding how everything connects side, get it, get it, get it. But when I go in to actually click on the buttons, I'm like, why isn't it not working? I hate that too. Um, when I pump up the technology, like my VR, like, I'm sorry, I see the possibilities where this is going in the next 10 years, but it's not exactly there yet. So I take somebody into virtual reality with me and they're blown away because it is a huge exponential jump from, you know, 2D or, um, or just the PlayStation stuff like that. But it's not as cool <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I speak it to be because there's glitches, right? And they're like, why isn't it working as smoothly? And I'm like, it's still a baby. <laughs> Have patience with the baby, but see the the glory of the gifts, right, within it. So um, I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, let's tell you about the process. So you sit with yourself, find some time in your life where you could be with you. And I don't mean you with you as you're brooding over your issues, right? You're not just like self-abuse hour where you're like, just, ah, I'm so stressed. I got to go to sleep. I can't think, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Um, but where you intentionally sit, you know, do something pleasant for yourself. Go for a walk. Walking has really helped my creativity, to be honest. Um, the movement, um, you can get a, your favorite beverage. I'm drinking my cafe de Oya, which is my favorite beverage. Um, what else can you do? Sit with your kitty cat or your puppy around you or your iguana. I don't care. <laughs> get comfy and then just have a chat. At least have a chat is how I do it. If you don't have a chat, you can write, you could do art, you could do yoga, you could run, you know, wherever it is where your mind can silence everything that's outside and you can start to listen that which is inside. 
and I'm a talker. It's natural for me to narrate my thoughts. So <laughs> if I just think them, they're not clear. Once my mouth is open, all of a sudden it's like the turning on the light on the idea, right? So if I'm just thinking about it and I'm not talking about it, I can see it in my mind's eye. It's just dim. But the minute that I start narrating, it's almost like walking through it with a flashlight and look at this detail and look at this detail and look at this detail. That's why I talk so damn much. It's like connected to my understanding. Um, and that's also why I try to have spaces where I could talk amongst myself um, so I'm not disruptive when I'm with others because they don't always want to hear me processing what's in my brain, right? They're processing what's in their own brain. Um, oh, that was the other thing that came up this week is realizing this week and last week was realizing how much I do talk over others. And again, it's just because I'm in the future where they're in the present and I, I keep trying to translate that which is in the future for them to see it. But of course they can't see that which is in the future because they are in the now. And me trying to bring it back to them every time they say something about the now, about the future, confuses it. So I just it's just been like hyper aware of how I get my own way. Oh, okay, so we're talking to ourselves, right? I'm, I'm getting awareness as I sit here rambling. I'm just like vomiting everything that's in my head from the week. It's like, oh, get this out, get this out, get this out. And I did a meditation when I was walking yesterday. Like, um, you know, I was talking and answering questions for myself. So I got it out there a lot. Actually, yesterday I purged quite a bit of frustration energy. So I had all this frustration that I didn't know the answer to things. And I had to kind of let go of that. Um which is a forever surrender for me, forever surrendering into the present moment and into the unknown. Those are the things I try to take control of. So we got our beverage. I use visualization, imagination, creativity. Again, that's the way my brain works in talking. If you use body movement, dance, you know, and then allow that space to open up. And then after you've created that euphoria of rhythm and movement, sit and breathe and listen. And you'll get it. Don't make it my way, please. Because my way is only the Amelin way. I can't imagine that there's other human beings that process. I'm sure there are. I'm not that unique. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> it's not like there aren't other people wired like me. There are. Um, but the majority, I assume, would make up their own way. Okay. So visualization, imagination, creativity. I see things. So I create pictures to guide me. The uh, picture that I use is that I'm a tree. That's my image of getting into my connection with my highest expression of self is I sit into this tree image. And it's the it's the image that my daughter drew for me. Um, that's the cover of my podcast. Uh, I love that she can see what I can see, but she, then she can make it so other people can see it too. You know what I mean? Um so I sit here cross-legged. I don't know why I sit cross-legged and not my feet on the floor. I'm just the my red chair is like big enough that I can really jump down into it. Um oh no, one of my students texts. I gotta turn off my internet right now. And then I'll turn it back on when I'm done and handle my student. Okay, so um what is it going to do? 
So I'd sit here in my comfy chair across my legs. Again, it's just the way I sit. It's comfy. I am within the tree, so I'm in the trunk of the tree. Out of my butt comes the roots of the tree, which ground me into my reason for being. <laughs> That's very deep, huh? Why do you exist? Um, I exist to grow, to express, to connect with others. I mean, we are a collective species. We're not a independent species kind of thing. So yeah, that's it. I feel like I'm just like nature. Um, sure. My brain does stuff that might be different than other animals and that kind of stuff, but I'm not sure. It's just what we can measure that we um, believe ourselves to be the most sentient, but we're still a part of nature, right? There's a divine design that's kind of got itself into our DNA that tells us how to grow. That's why I exist. I don't have to fight with that. Um, I see value in that. There's no failure in that. You know, it's like a great foundation for me. And then from there, I use tools to help me navigate my life. Um, the first one is unconditional love. Unconditional love, uh, I think it is the last two years have been really in-depth learning about unconditional love and then um, getting out of self and, con and more about the other, right? Realizing that there's another. It's not just all Amelin's life. <laughs> it's how I impact others as well. Those have been the biggest things I've been working through for the last two years. So unconditional love is the foundation of that. If you don't have unconditional love for yourself, do you understand how you can't do that for somebody else, right? If you don't hold space for your own being, how do you hold space for another being, right? If you judge yourself, condemn yourself, or think of yourself better than um, then you will do that for others. You will do that with others, interacting with others. So having unconditional love as a skill really does help in your connection with others. So what is unconditional love? It is holding space for as you are. There's no judgments. The right and wrong comes from society, not from nature, right? Um, what works and what doesn't work, even if it works or doesn't work in the moment, doesn't mean that that will be for eternity. So it's a patience. It's a kindness. It's a compassion. Um, again, it, it's removing the force from controlling self or another. You're observing, you're allowing, and then you're flowing with, okay? So that's unconditional love. Um, from unconditional love, they, there's where we need to go. So I look at unconditional love, like how I go, how do I want to move through life? I want to move through life with compassion for self and others, um, with awe of the gifts and the expressions of self and others. Um, so my path is where I'm going. My unconditional love is how I'm going on it, if that makes sense. So what determines my path is faith. Now, people have faith in anything. I mean, you can have faith in your religion. You can have faith in history. You can have faith in science. You can have faith in society. You can have faith in billionaires. You can have faith in Instagram influencers. You can have faith in yourself or astrology, or whatever it is, okay? So we as humans, we have to have faith to move forward. You don't move forward unless you believe something is going to change, right? You just wouldn't do it. You're like, ah, let me put some work in to do exactly the same as I'm doing now. 
He's just, you know, not human. Um, so you have to have faith. Put your faith in whatever you like. You know, the judgments from the outside world of society of this faith is the right one and all the other ones are wrong is just old news now. We know that that's bullshit, right? We know all narratives are made up by humans. <laughs> like we can prove this cognitive ability, this consciousness that we have uh, is to make up narratives. So you can choose any of them um, as long as it allows you to walk towards your highest good. That's the point of faith. I have something I believe in that keeps me walking. And obviously you're going to walk towards stuff good, not bad stuff. Like if you tell me, Emily, I have this great path for you, but along the way, everything that you interact is not going to be good for you. It's going to move you backwards. I'm going to be like, screw you. I ain't going. <laughs> but um, so you have to have choose your path of, of faith. What gives you faith, right? And so you say, all right, here's my path. I have faith in this doctrine, this um, meaning, this belief, whatever it is. And then how you adhere to that path is determined by your ability to surrender or your activity of resistance, right? So I have this teenage angst, kind of like, don't tell me what to do personality aspect, right? I'm like, I am in this world. Yes, there are other people, but it's my expression. So I really pride myself and I'm going to do it my way kind of thing. Um, and that is, that brings to my experience a lot of resistance just to resist because it's with me. This is the interesting aspect of when you have a relationship with yourself after a while, it gets silly. Why are you resisting the path that is going to benefit you most, right? Those patterns are in place. Throughout your life, you have built patterns based on the external world expectations, right? So I believe that my productivity means something. My intelligence means something. All of this stuff means something as defined by the outside world, Okay, so my resistance sometimes comes into play with what is in my highest good as a measurement of what the outside world says or about my unhealed uh, traumas. Right. So if I felt like abandonment issues, then I'll feel alone in my um, in my struggles. Right. Um, I'll, I'll be more resistant, be like, this must be done my way because I'm all that exists. Right. So you can have unhealed traumas and then you can also have belief systems, patterns, all of that. Those are distractions from your past based on what has already existed. So it's a constant work. It's constant work. Walk your path. You get triggered by something, right? You're, and you can eat resist it, or you can surrender back into your path. Let me give an example with the money issues this week. So my highest good is, yes, I'm an abundant person. Lots of resources pass through me. I'm a responsible person with resources. Why wouldn't the universe give me more energy to grow more good for humanity, right? So I believe that money is absolutely comes to me whenever I need it. I've never wanted for anything. Um, whether I worked or not, whether I, um, you know, did my sales quota, whether <laughs> anything in my life, I have always been taken care of. So I have that belief. Yet, I did have a belief it's no longer about me, right? And now with others, I have to be responsible for money. And I guess that the, the pattern that came into play was um, in the past, when I played with money, 
money won over people. I would manipulate people in order to get their resources, right? Because that was the goal was to get their resources. I didn't care what they did after they left my, ha- my, my presence. It's like, go live your life. I'll never interact with you again. But please, before you leave, deposit into the box your resources. <laughs> so um, in the past, the resources were my focus, not the people. And maybe I have an unhealed, um, like I don't trust myself, I guess, fully. So I'm not surrendering into the path that, hey, don't worry about it. Everything will be taken care of for of your others, just like it's taken care of for you, right? So if I don't worry about finances on how am I going to eat, why am I worried about finances and how my community is going to eat? You know, my abundance will overflow to that. I'll find a way, just like I do for me, I'll find a way for them. Um, that's kind of getting back on my path because I'm listening to, you know, the faith that, yeah, I got this, I got this. But my belief system that, oh, I got to be responsible for everybody else. And what if I don't, right? Am I good enough? Am I valuable enough? Um, Am I capable enough? All those kind of uh, questions and doubts remove me from walking my path of faith. And they get me into this stalled moment of resistance, right? The only way out of it, surrender back into my faith and just say, all right, I'm not going to worry about it. When the time comes, I will have the answers that I need. All right. So that's the kind of modeling of the faith and walking the path with surrender. Um, I use the space of creation for my creativity or my way of getting clarity, right? So if you have something that you have faith in, then you have to spend time listening Okay. And I guess in religion, they use worship, prayer, I don't know, all the different ways that they have to like connect with your uh, ultimate source of of faith, right? Um, If you meditate, if you run, it's getting into the space between your thoughts, that kind of thing. Um, Mine is I just need to shut up the words um, and just look at the pictures and then surrender my meaning making um, ego as I get the information. And that took a lot of work. <laughs> Let me tell you, <laughs> I've been channeling now or doing this, get out of my own way, um, for quite a few years. And I just remember the beginning when every time I'd get a, a visual, I would create my own story about it. It would be an amazing story, but it would never click quite right because it was my story and not the, not the message that I was receiving. You know, it was like, I wanted a um, how did I, I wanted to make everything bigger, brighter, you know, more joy, more, you know, blingy, more exciting. Um, but the truth sometimes get lost in the, uh, what do you call it? The extras. So throughout the years, I've learned to put myself aside, remove my ego. I do that visually by seeing my, my ego as a candle, right? It's a, it's a flame that wants to keep expressing, but in order to express, it must suck the oxygen out of the air, <laughs> out of the room, right? It's using resources in order to express, to keep burning. But I don't want to, I don't want to argue with my ego, which is my patterns, kind of like a paper clip, um, holding together all your expressions throughout your life until this point. That's your ego. It's, its job is to preserve your identity, right? But I don't want to preserve my identity that's external to my faith, right? I don't want, I want alignment, not separation. So I remove my ego. I see it as a flame with a candle, like a candle with a flame on it. And I move that candle back through my body over to the right and I set it down. And that kind of like 
just helps me remember, okay, I'm here to listen. I'm not here to lead. I'm here to receive. I'm not here to sound smart. You know what I mean? It's like, get yourself out of the way, Emmeline. And whatever comes up through, if I get purple elephants, I accept purple elephants. Um, that it, Again, the practice is full surrender. And that can be scary for a lot of people because if you don't have full faith in your own ability to answer your own questions, uh, falling into that, I'll just say the visions or the information that I get can feel risky because it's like, do I have free will? Am I choosing this or am I just blindly giving in to my imagination, right? No, I mean, again, part of the divine design, that which flows through me is in my highest good. Um. So yeah, so that's what I do. Again, um, my visualizations, I just see right between my eyebrows. I close my eyes and I look there. So it's like almost looking like right above the bridge of my of my nose. Um, that little place where it slopes, <laughs> like right between your eyebrows, like literally right there. I just close my eyes and I look there. And then I ask a question and I just watch and these images appear. Okay, that's how my imagination works. And then from those images, if I will just stick with them, I won't try to create meaning right away, but, but I just feel into it. And then my lessons come forth. And each week, uh, bi-weekly, whatever, whenever I'm doing this, I get more and more personal lessons to work through in my normal life. I get an awareness, I get a challenge, I get an understanding of a, of a situation, and then I go out into the world and I integrate that lesson. And that's what this whole process is about. Um, does it work? Heck yeah. As far as my experiencing living life, it's exponentially increased in the last two or three years. I would say astronomically increased. Um, my experience of bliss, joy, peace, um, not quite patience. <laughs> I can be in bliss in the in the present moment and still that part of my brain that goes, what else? You know, what's next? Where are we going? What are we creating? So it's still a, a challenge. And then just like this week, I fall out of alignment. Um, and again, I guess that's why people have uh, disciplines and routines of... Um, devotion, I guess. They're, they're devotional, right? I, de I dedicate this time to myself because the more time you do it, that practice of alignment when you're in um, with yourself, the more out in the world you'll be in alignment, right? It's like clicking into space. You click into that spot, click, 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 and then pretty soon you just don't fall out of it anymore, just like any habit or any um, way of being. It takes repetition and discipline and practice until it becomes a part of you. Which, dude, that is a difficult lesson for my personality to learn because I'm not really big on, on consistency and discipline. Um, I think that it gives me FOMO, right? If I'm doing the same thing over and over and over again, then I feel like, oh, I'm missing out on an experience I could have. So even now, I've lived here almost two years. I'm, I think it's going to be two years by the time I, I move. And I'm, I'm like itching you know, for just a whole new experience. I'm, I'm through this expression. I'm done. There's something else waiting. I don't know what it is. 
<laughs> but I'm just ready for change, right? I want another another experience. Um, this one was good. I, I was good, especially during COVID. Dude, my I'm so very blessed. Uh, I have experienced uh, a very peaceful COVID, I would say that. You know, little bumps of anxiety here and there. Um, but overall, I would say it wasn't that, it wasn't as impactful to, uh, to me as it was to others in a negative way. Okay, um, so we're just going to go ahead and I'm going to go inside and see what comes up today. Mm. <sighs> Drink my coffee. This is so good. I love my cafe de olla. Even when it's cold, I'll still drink it. Most coffees, once they get that cold point, I'm like, what? Mm. All right. So I'm going to use four, seven, eight breaths to get into the moment. Um, there is no breath in the future or in the past. It's only now. So by focusing on our breath, that would allow us to drop our thoughts that are in the other realms and bring it to now. So here we go. Four, seven, eight. <sighs> One more. My my brain keeps going to back to my student text. My student that texts me, I can it's almost like an anxiety that I'm not going right to handle that issue and I'm waiting till I finish this. So I'm just gonna clear that kind of um future focus. Hold on. All right, here we go. Ooh, big headache. So again, I see myself inside of this tree. The leaves of the tree all come in in the colors of the Aurora Borealis. That's what, like on my imagination, it flies in on the colors of the auroras. That's why I'm so attached to them is because anytime I visualize, like if you would say like a background or something, my background are Aurora colors. Um, so I'm looking right now at me in a tree. My, the trunk is a little bigger than me. It used to, when I started, just be the same size as me. But I want to say there's like a good inch, maybe a couple of inches on either side of me um, between the trunk of the tree and me and sitting inside of it. You know, there's space now. It's grown. And then the, the roots of the tree, they used to start as these little stringy hair-like things. And now they're, they're these great big, like, size of legs, like thighs. You know what I mean? The roots of the tree are so thick and um and sturdy now um so i'm visualizing this holding that just picture in my mind's eye and then on the left hand side as it's like up in the treetop on my left and um it's funny because that picture has changed for me first it came as Teresa, um which was in the picture of an indigenous woman it was like her eyeballs in a picture of this old indigenous woman and she used to hold uh, the space of, of love for me, unconditional love, and I'd tap into her energy. It's almost like I didn't know how to do it yet, so she showed me how. And when I would visualize, I would tap into her way of doing it until I got my own. I think I got my own when she turned from being this indigenous woman to this hand that would just come down. And this hand that just comes down is kind of symbolizing, I got you. 
You know what I mean? It's like holding there. So when I struggle in my visualizations or I struggle in meaning or something like that, I'll just go back to that hand and I'll grab it. Um, and that's kind of like, I got you, you got this process, keep going, you know, just have patience with yourself, compassion, all of that. So that's that visualization of unconditional love. That's my how the experience I'm having, how I experience it. I base it on unconditional love. Then where I'm going. So my faith and then my surrender, the faith is the path to the cliff edge. Surrender is me jumping. And I see those two visuals. I see like this cliff edge. Um, I'm probably standing maybe 25 yards. No, not even 25 yards. I'd say five yards from the cliff edge. And I've come up this big pathway and I'm looking over the cliff. And it just reminds me that all the benefits of the universe are down below. I just got to be willing to jump, have faith and jump and I can get them. So um, the path and where it leads me and then am I willing to jump in that and those visuals that I get. I also used to have like a council, which is, you know, I used to have like five used to, I still do now, but they're above the picture of the path and the cliff. It's like, I don't know, each one of them is an aspect of my personality and, um, they present depending on what I want to see, like what question I'm asking. One of these energies will stand up and come. And I look at it like a, an aspect of my personality that has those answers will come forth. And that's the part of me that I'm talking to. Um, the other thing is I see a white light that goes from the skies all the way through me to the bottom. And that just reminds me of alignment, right? Alignment is coming together. I'm working with nature. I'm not independent of. So that which is above, that which is below, boom, I'm right in the middle. I become a vessel of the flowing expression rather than a creation of an expression. Okay. And um, let me remove my ego back over all right, let's do this. I'm going to take a breath and ask what's in our highest good to know. I say are now because I do have a tendency to think more about myself on a natural basis. And I'm and I'm choosing to program myself to more encompass others in my thought process rather than just self. So if you happen to come across this message, <laughs> synchronistically, maybe it was meant for you. Right. But I'm including you in my intention that it would be good in the highest good for all of us, whatever comes forth. Here we go. Okay. So what is in our highest good to know today? What is in our highest good to know today? And then I'll just look. Okay. I see a boat. The boat's on my left-hand side. Um, so the water is like I'm on... If the boat was moving forward, I'm on the left-hand side of the boat. Yes, so I'm on the left-hand side of the boat facing towards the back, and it's on my left. I don't know why positioning matters, but so it's like this boat that I'm facing the reverse, right? It's facing forward. I'm facing towards the back. It's on my left, um, and I'm on its left because we're reversed. Okay, got it. So we're in the same place, but we're looking at two different perspectives. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, so the way that we're both positioned, the boat and me, we're exactly in the same place, but we're totally looking at different things. Okay, so what's the significance of this? So if we were to um, come to an agreement, we're going to have to flip and look at the same direction, right? So there's this flip that needs to happen. And it, it almost, 
oh, it's going through all the possibilities of the flip. So I assumed right away that I would need to turn around and face the way of the boat. But uh, uh, before I even got to that thought process, it started to show me all the different ways that I could align with this other, uh, I guess, passenger, I'll say, or other person on this journey, right? Because we're both in the same place. We're just looking in different directions. But in order to journey together, we need to see in the same direction. But I think, well, then I must look in their direction. But they're saying, no, there's a million different ways. You could both look to the side instead of turning our whole bodies around. Um, we can just look at the side to meet each other. And then I can look out for both ways, right? Because if I'm facing towards the back and I turn, let's say, left, now I can see the front and the back. The only place I can't see is what's behind me now, which is to the right right? But if I'm turning to the side to see my partner, whoever's in the boat, they can see behind me and I can see behind them, but we can both see where we're going forward or backwards, if that makes sense. So there's this, um, it's not an all or nothing kind of decision. I must meet them where they're at. They must meet me where I'm at. It's more finding that middle way where you guys can meet each other and then have visibility beyond both of your your direct line of sight, right? Because if we both turn towards each other, then we can see beyond what we can see on our own. Plus, we can see everything that the other person can see, um, except that, right? Except that one limitation that we can't see and they can and vice versa. Everything else we share. So it brings just such more power. Okay, I got it. So we got this boat. And we're both now facing in the same way. So I'm facing the boat and the boat is facing me from the side, not in the front of the boat, right? From the side. We're looking at each other from the side. Okay, what's the significance? Oh, okay. So it has me getting in the boat because I wasn't even in the boat. I was in the water, but now I'm willing to get in the boat. Okay, so I joined the journey of this other person. Cool beans, I get it. Oh, we go back to my river. There's this river that I always see, this one um, vision. It's like I'm on the side of a river bank, and I can see the other side, and the river is flowing um, to my right. So if I'm looking at it, it's flowing downstream to my right, and there's this boat that's always on there, and it has to do, this image that I get has to do with my resistance, right? Because anytime I'm in resistance, that boat does not want to move forward because I'm paddling backwards against the water. So it's almost like, <laughs> so there's two things I do. I, I, I'm in resistance to paddle backwards, or I'm at the front paddling forward in my own direction. So I'm trying to take over, okay? So they're saying, um, the way that I'm in the boat on my own is the way that I'm in the boat with another. Oh, this is why the inner work is so important is because if you're dysfunctional in your own expression and it is not your true flow, but you're trying to, uh, manipulate the outside world based on your expression, right? You're trying to, um, hide or create something of false like it's not true to you, right? Then um, that's a, a resistance. And if we're not aware of our own resistance to the flow, then we cannot connect with another and be in their flow as well. Okay, I get this. So all it's saying is, yes, we need to come together. We need to individually, this reminds me of interdependence, right? So the 
the concept that I teach in my class is two healthy individuals with their own rooted expression can like reach out a hand, right? And it makes like an H, right? Two people very rooted in their own expression and they just reach out and connect together. And then that adds a third energy, right? But if you have one person that's solid in their expression and somebody else that hasn't put down roots is is kind of like just flaring around, that creates that codependency, right? One person has the um, foundation, the other person's leaning on them. Or if you have two people that are totally dysfunctional and have no um, roots of their own, then, well, that's really the codependency, right? The other one's dependent, but that codependency, they're both going to fall. So this makes sense. They're basically telling me that um, both of you have to be pointed downstream in order to um, see the benefits of being in alignment because we're looking at each other, right? And I can see what they don't see and they can see what I don't see, but we see what we see together. <laughs> we, we see what we share together. We both must be in our own full expressions in order for that to work. Oh, I see what it's kind of showing me. So I want to build a community, right? And I'm always like, oh, what's a community? Does that mean that we just get a room? Does that mean that we just collaborate around a specific uh, topic or purpose? Or is it activities that we share? Like what makes the community the community? That's what makes the community the community. So it's not just a matter of putting the boats all together. Right. Because they're again, they're facing different ways. They're they're not all lined up. Everybody doesn't have their own um, roots. Right. So we got to start first with helping people find their own expression. Once you know you, you can combine your flow with somebody else's, but you must know yours. So that's the beginning of the journey. So with my community, the very first step is self-awareness, self-management, social awareness relationship management. And all that means is, do I have the roots down in my own expression so that I can play with others? And once you got that, now you can come to the boat and we can just make sure that we're facing the right way together. Meaning not not the right way because there's not a right or wrong. Let's just say the most efficient way is when we're both in flow in the same direction. Um, That's what brings the, the best energy towards that Um, movement, right? Towards that creation, I guess. So we first have to work on our own selves. This is what this work is. Oh, I'm already out. That's the only picture I got today. Okay. So we first have to do our own stuff, right? And then we combine with another that has done their own stuff and we create flow. Oh, I do have a question. I'm going to go back in. All right. So what if we want to create, but not everybody's in flow together yet? So What if I go and I want to create stuff, but somebody that has skills um, that would be beneficial to what we're doing, but has not done their own inner work yet? Oh, okay. So that's very, very easy. They just showed me a match being um, recklessly thrown out. So let's say that somebody's like smoking a cigarette or something. This is like old 1950s, the image that I'm seeing. (laughs) But um, they are driving down the road right? And they light a cigarette and then they toss that wooden match out the window and it catches fire to the side of the road, right? And it's saying that this is the same thing. If we bring on people that have not done enough of their own work, it's like them 
being in the car with us and throwing a match, right? They don't know enough to contain their own fire and they toss it out and it's destructive to all that is around. So it's imperative to choose the people who have done their own work so that they're not throwing matches. How do I determine who's done their own work and who hasn't? Oh, you could tell. Okay, so you could tell because of the, um, uh, how do you say it? The connectedness. There's a uh, an openness, a willingness, a an inviting energy. It's, um, they have an exuberance. They have a lean forward. Um, they have a light that you can see. So people that are in alignment are able to shine their light. People that are out of alignment are caught up in their flames. So to be able to identify who to choose to play in this project, I need to look for light. And those that are engulfed in their own flames stay <laughs> away. Those are my, and it's like saying like, those are the people you help. Those aren't the people that are necessarily building the platform to help, if that makes sense. So um, those that have already done the work are the ones that build the platform for others who need to build the work. Uh, yeah, the, do the work. I get it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. So I guess this is a matter of choosing teams too, is um, choose the people that have light that you recognize. And we're not complete, right? It's not like saying that, oh, if you have a little bit of um, of a dysfunction, as we all do, meaning it's not effective in your life, there's a there's an obstacle, there's a frustration. It doesn't mean that you're you're on fire, <laughs> right? An individual that's on fire is like, I mean, you could see it. It's like a, it's out of control. It's it's impacting others in a negative way. They have scorched remains amongst the people they're around, amongst the project they're on, amongst their life expression. You can see the burns. Stay away. <laughs> Offer them a fire extinguisher, right? You don't want them to burn to the ground, but you don't want to be there. Um, I mean, you could be there to help them put the fire out and help them rebuild. Absolutely. Um, I think what this is saying is that you don't want to bring them in order to build something new because they will just build that which they have already been destroying and destroyed again. The pattern is re is repeatable. So if you don't get people in a creative pattern and instead they're in a destructive pattern, you will bring that into your creation as well. Um, mm, that's a good warning. It makes me think too, when I'm working with students of how we choose teams, like I always have them choose based on interest, right? Because I want to be around people who are into the same things I am um, when I first meet them. Not necessarily always, right? And But it's just a little more comfortable to have a common topic. Like, for instance, all my artists end up getting together, a lot of my athletes. It's just the way they express, right? Artistically, maybe they express themselves physically. Maybe all my helpers are together. Um, but I've always, like, done that. But it seems like it might be better to... 
Oh, but then do we end up having all the the ones on fire in one group together? And how is that at all helpful if we just create one big bonfire? I don't know if I have that answer. Okay, so maybe I'm going too far. So this is what I mean now that I'm done with this thinking to myself. I have some topics to ruminate over, to think about, to integrate during my week. I mean, as soon as Monday, right? So I'm meeting with my students on Monday. I got to understand, okay, how are we working this thing, right? Um, Man, I don't know the answers all the way. How do you determine who's in your team? And the information that I got right now is the importance of those who have done their work and those who have not. And a team is better built of people who have their own foundation already. That, I struggle with that because, you know, right away my brain wants to go to, so are we just leaving those that are on fire to burn themselves out by themselves? Like we're not, (laughs) it'd be like, you're on fire. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not going to mess with that. (laughs) and then those individuals are just screwed there's got to be I mean I'm sure that there's like a whole fire brigade that their their only work or focus is to help people put out their own fires right that's just not my work I get it um my work is not to help people put out their fires my my work is to show people how to put out their own fires Isn't that helping them? I think there's a bit of control issue there, right? Do I want to save other people from themselves, right? Because it's the destruction that we cause on our own. It's the things we say, the choices we make, the behaviors that we have. Um, They can destroy our lives. So you can't really save another from their own expression, but maybe you can influence another and you can stand ready with a fire extinguisher so they're not too damaging. Um, but I don't think that's my role in this. My role is the combining of people who have done their own inner work and are in flow. Um, so I got to help them do their own inner work or give them those resources so that they can play the game. And that makes sense in the division of our um, VR game. The first, when you choose your avatar and you're doing all of your um, setups, that's all about you. And you've got to prove yourself in order to enter into the community. And you do that by, you know, how you express. So um, I see it. Ding, 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 ding. Clarity. Clarity. And then I just have to figure out how do I ensure that the people that are coming together can find their light and unite them rather than find their light and be destructive with it to self and others. Okay, that's this week, or at least today. I'll try um, two times a week. So if this is Sunday, I'll do another before Saturday. Uh, I hope this encourages you just to sit with yourself and ask yourself some questions. Um, So maybe the question you could ask is, Are you in flow or on fire? This is a great question. Are you in flow? Have you done your own inner work? 
that you got it. You're just moving along, right? Facing in the right direction. If somebody comes up to you um, and they don't have a foundation, you can be that independent one that holds them up for a bit, or you can find another healthy individual and connect and kind of exponentially increase, you know, your flow together. Um, yeah. So am I in flow or am I on fire? Good questions. Till next time.